Hello and welcome to the SRP MMA Hour Part 3. Uh, still cutting out the dead weight, making sure that we're not bogged down by someone who lied to me for the last, I don't know, 7-8 years about being an MMA fan. But apparently whenever Conor McGregor isn't fighting, this guy could give two shits. So, here we are, again, alone. Um, I was trying to do this show several times. Uh, I wanted to do one in between the fight week and leading up to the uh, pay-per-view that we just had. Um, but, you know, hey, you be a father and have a full-time job and a crazy schedule of family parties and events that you have to be a part of. It's not exactly a walk in the park. So it's one beautiful miracle that I get to even watch the pay-per-views on a given Saturday. Um let alone record a podcast about it, and then turn around in like two days and record, you know, the beloved and wonderful Spirit podcast. So, you know, hey, screw you. It's not easy, all right? I'm, 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 a, I'm a father. Oh, but other podcasters are fathers, comedians, entrepreneurs, and businessmen, and they still put out a podcast twice a week. Yeah, that's their full-time job is to be an entertainer, all right? My full-time job is throwing asphalt on a road so everyone can calm down, alright? Neither here nor there. Now I'm just complaining and talking about things that should be on the Spirit Podcast, but... And at any minute, I might have to take a break from this, put down the microphone, and go be a father, because I'm solo dad tonight, and I put the kiddo down for bed, so we'll see what happens. He's been a right-roaring son of a bitch lately with his teeth. Ugh. Four teeth all at once makes for a very tired and, uh cranky parents and child so let's jump into it we got topics again like i said i wanted to um do a show a while ago but just haven't been able to break away so um what came with my first topic uh came and went already we got uh gilbert burns versus Bilal muhammad is happening may 6 which is his previous fight card i think that was 288 uh, <clears throat> um We'll get to that in the uh, fight talk. Uh, it was a good fight. I enjoyed I enjoyed that matchup. Uh, Gilbert wanted to be active. I found it odd that he took a fight that wasn't the title shot because he was pretty adamant after beating Jorge Masvidal at the last pay-per-view event that he wanted a title shot or nothing. Um, so it uh, was interesting that he took a fight against Bilal, who also was in a position of, you know, give me a title shot for the love of God. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that, that, that happened. That came and went. Tyson Fury versus Andy Ruiz, uh, July 22nd in the UK. That's a crazy fight. We know uh, Andy Ruiz has beaten Anthony Joshua, um, but also then got, I think, believe, I believe got beat by Anthony Joshua in the rematch. Um, Andy Ruiz is a dog. Uh, make no mistake about it. That Mexican fighting uh, is a real, real thing. Um, he... I don't see anybody giving Tyson Fury any problems, uh, but Andy Ruiz has got great footwork for a big guy like he is. Um, and by big guy, I mean he's like, like thick, you know. Um, Tyson Fury also has great footwork and is a very technical boxer, so it would be very interesting to see that fight. Um, I know they wanted to have that fight with Usyk with Fury, but you know contracts and being boxing, they can't get that one done. So Andy Ruiz is the next man up. Um, so, you know, that should be a good heavyweight b- bout. I- I'm I'm circling that one on the calendar and definitely going to watch that because uh, I love watching Tyson Fury fight. I love 
uh, the story of Andy Ruiz, kind of the mystique. Um, that guy, I guess, has all the talent in the world, but just can't put it together in the gym and can't be consistent with his um, camps. So hopefully he gets a good camp. Not that I want to see Tyson Fury lose. I want Tyson Fury to be challenged, and I want Tyson Fury to come out victorious like he did against um, Deontay Wilder. So that'll be a good one. Um, <clears throat> this was a big story, big headline in the MMA community uh, for the last, like, three weeks, I feel. Uh, Nate Diaz uh, had a warrant out for his arrest after a brawl in New Orleans. I guess he was at some um, MMA, like, promotion deal because one of his boys was fighting on that card. And he was there and got into some kind of, like, water bottle scuffle with... um, one of an, another fighter's camp that was sitting behind him. And again, Nate being Nate, he gets into that little argument, goes outside. And uh, I guess there was a fight happening all around. If you watch the video, the video kind of portrays a chaotic scene. And Nate is talking closely uh an arm's reach and length of this guy who just so happens to be the Logan Paul lookalike, who Logan Paul has had on his podcast and has done talks, you know, has had talked to him and done multiple videos on Instagram with this guy. Um, so they get in an altercation. Nate kind of was playing it cool, kind of not looking for anything. This guy approaches him, and here's the deal. Nate is going to defend himself. You're not, if you're Nate Diaz, really, if you're any guy, honestly, with a fight going on around you and and whatnot, you're going to defend yourself. So this guy approaches Nate. Nate doesn't know if he's going to hit him, punch him, kick him, attack him, slap him, whatever. Nate grabs him, puts him in a guillotine, okay? Puts him in a fucking guillotine, Tight guillotine chokes him unconscious, and here's the shitty part: lets him go. Like nobody catching him, not letting him go. Gently, lets him go. The guy falls, smacks his head on the concrete, causes huge injury to the back of this dude's head. And he showed he had a Instagram post himself. The Jake Paul look like Logan Paul look like. Pardon me. Um, basically showing this giant wound on the back of his head. It was crazy. Um, Definitely not good. You can't do that if you're Nate. I don't understand why Nate, at this point in juncture of his career and the money he has, doesn't just hire security. Because security, if you're with your boys, look, if you're with your boys, if you're with your homies and, and the people you've been with since you were like 15, 14, whatever, you're with them and you're at an event and shit's popping off. People are disrespecting you. People are disrespecting your brother. People are disrespecting whatever. Another one of your boys. A fight is going to ensue because you're all just a bunch of hot-headed dudes who are getting insulted and getting disrespected. These are fighters. These aren't tax accountants. These aren't businessmen. These are fighters who have spent the better part of 10 years, almost as long as, longer than they haven't been, they've been training, and they've been training to be fighters. They're going to retaliate. You know, and, and Nate needs to surround himself with security guards who only have a stake in keeping their guy safe, diffusing situations, and getting him out. But I just don't see Nate doing that because it's Nate Diaz, the street legend of Nate Diaz, the dog that is Nate Diaz, always game for a fight, Nate Diaz. Um, you know, I don't see him doing it. It's the smart move. It's like it's like all these celebrities who get arrested for DUIs. It's like all these celebrities... Touch on, on that, Tony Ferguson. Um... Getting, in, getting arrested for DUIs, oh, 
hire a driver. <laughs> your, your Tiger Woods, your fucking whoever, name a person who's gotten busted. Paul Pelosi, you are wealthy enough to hire a driver for events that you're going to. It's one thing to drive yourself to work or drive yourself to your place of business. Cool. Okay, whatever. But the weekends, when you're going out with your boys, when you're going out with your friends, hire a fucking driver. Too much is on the line for you, or really anyone for that matter, to get a DUI. Makes no fucking sense. Nate needs to hire security. He needs to do a better job of protecting himself from shit like this because that kid could sue. And I guess that kid also has, like, a professional fight record, too. It's not just some Joe Schmo. Like, the guy actually has an MMA background, I believe. I could be completely wrong on that, but I thought I heard someplace that he is, like, a professional fighter. Um, so, you know, the kid, the, they issued an, a, a warrant for his arrest in New Orleans. Nate turned himself in, got out on bail, and he's out of jail. And they want to go to trial. Like, Nate's lawyers want to go to trial because they're... You know, claiming this is self-defense. There's a fight happening all around this guy, our client. Uh, He doesn't know this guy from anybody, and he's getting approached by him in the midst of a fight. What is he supposed to do or think, other than to defend himself with the abilities that he has? So, it's interesting. I hope all turns out well for Nate. They can prove it's self-defense, but then after this, Nate needs to cut the bullshit. Um, You know, he has all these, like, lofty plans of fighting Jake Paul. He wants to then go back to the UFC and get his belts. Okay, well, you can't do that if you're sitting in a jail cell for a stupid bar fight that happened outside of, you know, whatever. You can't, you can't fucking do that. Um, So... Then... (laughs) In the whole, like... And you know, like, epic, or whatever you want to call it, of this story, um, Jorge Masvidal, I believe, was on Ariel Hawani and said, like, hey, it looks like self-defense, um, you just can't violate person, people's personal spaces like that, and, uh, and attack them, which is hilarious coming from Jorge Masvidal, who is currently, or close to has charges pressed against him for sucker punching Colby Covington in the streets of Miami, injuring Colby's teeth and breaking his watch. Um, very, very odd. (laughs) I laughed my ass off at that because that's the pot calling the kettle black. Like, dude, not the take to have even you, you shut up. If someone asks you about that, on like a podcast, you just say, yeah, it's horrible. Hope Nate gets off because it looked like self-defense. Don't go on to elaborate and say you just can't violate people's personal spaces. Jorge, you had 25 minutes to do whatever you wanted to Colby Covington and you couldn't get it done. So then what do you do? You sucker punch him on the street of Miami outside of a restaurant. Like, come on, dude. Horrible take on his part. Um, a while ago, we had the sad news that Stefan Bonner had passed away and they ruled it an overdose by fentanyl. Um, Stefan Bonner had fallen on some hard times. You know, he hadn't really been working. His house caught on fire. A lot of his possessions burned up in that. <clears throat> and, you know, I don't know, I don't know his, you know, history with drugs. I think he, I'm uh, privy to the information that he had some problems with that in the past. Um, and who knows if this was like drugs he thought were like legit and they weren't, or if he was buying, you know, illicit drugs and, you know, got caught with a laced batch of coke or whatever, you know, um, it's tragedy, it's terrible, you know, he's a father, um, and, uh, the UFC community lost a pioneer, uh, 
with this tragedy. And you probably aren't looking at the UFC the same way you're looking at it if it wasn't for Stephen, if it wasn't for Stefan and um, Forrest Griffin's fight for the Ultimate Warrior Season 1. I just think you're looking at a totally different landscape because that, that whole match kind of not endeared isn't the right word because it's cage fighting, but kind of um, warmed America up to that, you know, to this sport um, and put it on a trajectory that just took off like a rocket uh it was on spike tv these boys are going to war people were calling people like you gotta check this out these dudes are going at it um and it really put the ufc on the map as far as a legit legit sport where uh it got a lot of eyeballs on it and like i said you just you don't have that without stefan bonner um and it's a shame that it was, you know, fentanyl of the crisis that's going on in this country and no one wanting to talk about it in a legit way or do anything to legitimately take care of it and end it or curb it. Um, you know, why are we passing out Narcan on Miami Beach during spring break? Why aren't we doing anything about the people who are bringing it in to the country, you know? Um, different topic for a different podcast but um it's a shame that uh that had to happen and that steven was a victim of it um stefan sorry um but you know our, our prayers go out to his family and those who also have lost a loved one to this uh terrible terrible crisis and um you know he will be missed you know it, was, it would have been nice to get him on the straight and narrow and have him be an ambassador for the ufc in um the Ultimate Fighter again at some point, you know. Because I know he coached it. I believe he coached it after he was on it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, before Jorge Masvidal, Jorge's dad was just arrested in Jorge's home in Miami for an attempted murder after a shooting at Jorge's house. Not a lot has come out, or at least I haven't seen about it as of yet. I saw this yesterday or two days ago. Um, so who knows what's going on now. Um I saw one place that said it was Jorge's dad. I saw another place that didn't mention it was Jorge's dad. Uh, scary shit, though. Uh, Jorge wasn't there. He was promoting his uh, bare-knuckle um, game-bred fighting um, promotion in Miami at the time, so he was not home. Uh, but scary shit. Hopefully it was like self-defense and Jorge's dad's not just capping people in his Miami mansion. For the love of the Lord, that would be great. Um, Jorge doesn't need that type of fucking press, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> Juliana Pena out against Nunez. They are replacing her. Um, well, I gotta see who they replaced her with. Pardon. They replaced her with... They haven't updated that yet. I am now angry. Irene Aldana. That's who they replaced her with. So that, um... That's interesting. Aldana is fourth, you know. I guess you have to do the trilogy with Pena. Or is it a quadrant? I don't know what that... I think that's trilogy. Um... You have to do it. Pena's got one. Nunez has got one. You have to run it back. Uh, Pena made Nunez look silly in the first one. Nunez made Pena look silly in the second one. So you got to run it back. And I and I, I I would I would think if you don't if if Nunez wins, which she's gonna be the heavy favorite, but if Nunez wins, you have to do the trilogy. And then after the trilogy, I would assume Nunez retires. I'd assume. You know, there's not much left for her in that division, and just go out the goat and just be done with it. But we shall see, because uh, it's going to be an interesting fight. Four versus the championship. Um, and, you know, Pena, I don't know what her injury was, but she is out for the next UFC pay-per-view. 
Um, so fresh off Gervonta Davis's win against Brian Garcia, um, you know, and I think we discussed that you know that whole fight happened. Ryan Garcia had a bruised rib or a broke rib or a cracked rib, and Javante uh, Davis had a mole in Ryan Garcia's camp and knew about this and attacked the body specifically in that location um, a couple times during the fight and was able to stop Ryan Garcia in the eighth round. Um, so fresh off that win, um, fresh off that win, Javante Davis was arrested after being in a car accident that sent four people to the hospital, including a pregnant woman. Uh, he was sentenced to 90 days on house arrest and 200 uh, hours of community service. Now, the thing that really was odd to me is that there is like a favoritism. Sure, you got 90 days house arrest. Javante Davis does not live in a condo. You know, he does not live in a townhouse or a, you know, a thousand foot residence. He has to live in a pretty nice house, I would assume. He's a prize fighter for crying out loud. Um, 90 days house arrest. So a little, a little under or over um, three months and 200 hours of community service. I mean, sending four people to the hospital, not knowing the severity of their injuries at all, but just speculating. Sending four people to the hospital, including a pregnant woman, is kind of outrageous. I don't know if there was any intoxicants involved, if he was drunk, if he was high, or what have you. But reckless driving, and, and in a way that puts four people in the hospital, I would assume would garner more than 90 days house arrest and 200 hours of community service. Um, again was Javante driving? If he is, why? Um, the, you know, as a, as a family man and as someone that, you know, has a, a child and to have someone on the road driving recklessly when you're just trying to go home is scary. And I just feel like 90 days really doesn't do, uh, the crime justice, especially with, a, you know, a woman involved who's pregnant um, I don't know, it's just, it, I just, I, I don't, uh, I don't see how that's enough for a prize fight boxer to spend 30 days within, 90 days within, I think they give you, like, a, a 15 mile radius of your house, or, or less, but you can, like, go to the store, you can go to your gym, you can go to whatever, and if you have a job, I think you can go, um, but you have to be within a mile radius, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's hopefully this is, this actually works and you know, nothing ever happens with Javante ever again. Um, speaking of someone who has a checkered past in the fight game, uh, Greg Hardy, former NFL beast, turned UFC heavyweight, turned bare-knuckle fighter, is now working at Walmart. Now, there's no shame in working at Walmart. I'm not disparaging that whatsoever. Let me be clear. Um, the... What I'm highlighting is the fall from grace. Um, this is a guy who had all the talent in the world and um, made a really shitty, bad, horrible mistake in abusing his uh, wife or girlfriend um, and lost his NFL career. Um, super athletic, super explosive. Obviously, he's a player in the NFL. Freaks upon freaks. The 1% of freaks play in the NFL. Um, loses that golden ticket on the Carolina Panthers, I believe is the last team he was on. I could be wrong. 
if Hoff was here, he would yell at me and be like, oh, dude, he played six months in the CFL, the fuck? Um, but uh, losing that, getting a lifeline, a second chance from Dana White to fight in the UFC and the heavyweight division, which really, at the time, there was no John Jones. You know, there wasn't, Steepy was kind of inactive. I think DC kind of retired almost at that time. The heavyweight division was pretty light. And if he strung together some good shit, he could have, you know, ran a title shot. He had a couple wins. And then finally, the moment he fought someone that had the ability to, you know, have decent boxing footwork, but had a ground game for crying out loud, it exposed every hole the guy had in his, his defense um, in his game for the UFC, didn't work out, got booted from there, signed up with bare knuckle, got completely outclassed. And, and, and here's the also, here's also the problem is that people look at bare knuckle and just go, Oh, it's just brutes. No, it's boxing still. And you have to be super technical with boxing. And these guys who are fighting in bare knuckle might be dudes who are on the tail end of their boxing career, but I think now with more exposure and the fact that bare knuckle's been around for 41 events and they're not, you know, they're showing steadiness, they're going to attract some dudes that just want the violence but are very good boxers. So Greg Hardy goes over to bare knuckle and fights a straight up boxing fight and gets absolutely picked apart. Um and he gets kicked out of there. And now the dude's working at Walmart. And again, there's nothing wrong with working at Walmart. But if you're Greg Hardy, one of the f- most, again, the 1% of freak athletes play in the NFL, to be working at Walmart, you need to look in the mirror and figure out what you want to do, if it's bare knuckle or if it's UFC, and surround yourself with people that can take you to the next level. And, get, and, and, and hey, look, I know you're coming into this late. Okay, you have guys who are in the UFC who have been practicing mixed martial arts, not just jujitsu, not just kickboxing, not just, you know, Muay Thai, who've been practicing martial arts since they were 10 and you're coming at it 30. It's a tough learning curve for you, of course, but you're a freak athlete and your body can do these can do that type of change. He needs to surround himself with a team and 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 really fill the holes in his game. Um, because I love second chances. I want Greg Hardy to be a great guy. He always seems like a very um, nice dude uh, in his interviews when he was in the UFC. And uh, a genuine, hopefully a genuine change occurred. And I could be speaking completely out of it. Maybe there's more stuff that came out. I, I haven't been paying attention to him since he left the UFC. So I might be completely wrong and he might have done more shit. I don't know. Call me out if I'm, and if I'm incorrect on that. But I want to see him be better. I want to see him do better. And, um, you know, I want to see the second chance be worth it. Uh, so hopefully... <clears throat> he can get something together and be back in bare knuckle or be back in the UFC or be back in Bellator or, you know, b- fight for uh, game bread, you know, that kind of thing. Why not do that? So hopefully he figures it out. Uh, last thing that I had, cause this happened like yesterday, literally yesterday. Um, Tony Ferguson arrested for DUI. He flipped his car after hitting two parked cars. I don't think anyone was hurt. Tony was not hurt. Um, in this whole instance but again what what is he doing you know i mean 
I I love Tony. I think he's taken too much damage in his life, um, especially in the tail end of his career. The wars, the absolute wars that he has given us, you know, gifted us. The guy has put his body and brain on the line for entertainment for the better part of a decade, and uh, it's painful. It sucks to see him uh, do this because I'm angry at him, you know. Um, it's so selfish to get behind the wheel of a car when you're impaired. Um, and, you know, to just completely disregard the safe, safety of everyone on the street and on the road uh, when you, again, have so much to lose. And it's not like you're homeless. It's You're Tony Ferguson. You have the means to not let this happen. Uh, calling an Uber, having a driver that night, you know, being smarter not to get blitzed and then go out. Like, I'm a father. I don't get drunk anymore, okay? Those days are behind me. I, I The last time I got drunk was New Year's Day 2023, which is, I don't know, six months ago or f- five months ago. And... I was drunk, I had a splitting migraine, laying on the floor of my room, because the world was spinning, and I just thought, if my son throws up right now, or has a problem right now, I'm useless, you know? Like, I'm absolutely useless to the situation, I can't help, I can't drive us to the hospital, I can't dial the phone and call 911. I shouldn't hold him while my wife does that either. And you know, like, you sober up. No, no, no. You can't. You know? And I, I, I just, I think Tony's kids are little. Like, I just can't imagine getting blind drunk, getting in a car, and driving. You know? I just, it's, I'm, like I said, I'm angry at him because he... Everyone should know better. But this guy has a lot to lose. And he should know better. He should do better. Um, and thank God no one got hurt because that would fucking suck. And I and I think... Uh, oh gosh, I don't know where he... I think it was in Vegas. But, you know, they're going to throw the book at him. Because you just don't get away with a DUI. Or you shouldn't. So, hopefully um, he can get his head on straight and fix that fix that shit, because that should never happen. Alright, uh, on to, uh, the past fight card, UFC 288, Algermain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Uh, good card. Uh, the prelims were very good. I really enjoyed a lot of them, a lot of great finishes. Uh, early Drew Dober got finished by Matt Frivola, lost money on that one. Oh no, I gained money on that one, I had Frivola. Uh, Ninjuku had a submission in the second. That was awesome. Uh, Chaos Williams uh, won a decision against Rolando Bidaria? Bidoya? This Chaos Williams fight was pretty interesting because this was this kid's, like, debut. Um, And when I tell you, this Brazilian put up one hell of a fight against Chaos Williams. He put up one hell of a fight against Chaos Williams. And I honestly thought the kid won. Um, 
I thought Rolando won. I mean, he was getting hit, but he was rolling with a lot of these shots, so they were glancing, or they were, he was moving with it, so the power wasn't there, and Chaos was just throwing wildly a lot of the times. And this kid, whenever he went for a counterattack, it landed, and it landed well. He just didn't have the power. But he was hitting and striking very well. His low kicks were fantastic. And he was smiling at Chaos whenever Chaos would throw and connect. You know, he the... the moment wasn't bigger than him. He stayed in the pocket. He stayed focused and, and gave Chaos one hell of a fight. And I really honestly thought he, a case could be made for a split decision, but it was a unanimous decision for Chaos. Um, but the ceiling is so high for that uh, Rolando guy. He really is is going to be something special to watch. That's for damn sure. That kid didn't let the uh, moment get ahead of him. That's It was fantastic. Um, so this card did have some hard cancellations that happened. Uh, Bryce Mitchell had a shoulder injury, so he got pulled out uh, twice, actually. Um, he was supposed to have two fights that night. Not not like... he His match was rescheduled twice because his partners were getting hurt, but then he had a shoulder issue and had to pull out. So, and Charles Oliveira versus Bernal Dariush got um, postponed. I think that's going to be a fight night, actually. They rescheduled that one for uh, another night. So that would be crazy. Um, but, <clears throat> let's go back to my Google sheet here. Crone uh, Gracie versus Charles Jordine. Uh, this is Crone Gracie's return after, I think, three to four years off. It might have been five. He was gone for a while, for a hot minute. Not sure why. I don't know if it was an injury that took him out of place. But he came back. And, you know, look, he's a Gracie. So you know what you're going to get when you get into that fight. You're going to get Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mastery. 100%. But the issue is, is that when the Gracies were in the UFC and were doing the damn thing and basically a pioneer for this sport... Guys that they were fighting really only did one thing, right? They really only were good at one thing. And the great thing about jiu-jitsu is not a lot of people had seen it. You know, not a lot of people knew about it. And these little guys were able to just lay down on the ground, catch an ankle, pull you down into the deep waters, and hold you there forever, and then tear your knee apart. Uh, so... It took the fight game by storm. And it's still one of the most dangerous uh, martial arts that exists in MMA. But, and here's the but, fast forward 30 years, because this is the UFC's 30th anniversary. Most of the guys in the lower weight classes, I'm talking middleweight down, and some light heavyweights, but those are more specialty things, and, you know. But middleweight down are so good at so many things. Brown belts, purple belts, maybe not black belts, maybe a black belt. Are so good. Dustin Poirier has a black belt in jiu-jitsu for crying out loud, and I've never seen the guy go to the ground once, okay? Not being a dick, but the young man strikes, okay? So, you, you have... All of these guys who are great at a lot of things. And Crone comes in great at one thing. His striking looked bad. It didn't look... It wasn't like it looked 
It didn't look okay. It looked bad. Okay? He looked so one-dimensional. His defense looked terrible against the striking game of Jardine. And then when he took Jardine to the ground, Jardine was able to do enough to minimize the danger Crone could put him in. I think at the towards the end of the first round, Crone put him in a dangerous position on the ground. But it, 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 Paul Craig kind of had that problem in his last fight too at light heavyweight, where he just would sit. He would try shoot for a takedown, not get it, go on his butt and sit there and kind of like, like scoot towards his opponent. Everyone in the UFC is too good at everything. Now, if you're fighting an Alex Pajeda, it's the same issue, but reverse, right? Alex Pajeda is phenomenal at striking and kickboxing and dirty boxing and grappling. He, he, he's good at those stand-up things. Wrestling and grappling and going down to the ground and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu really don't know what that looks like. Hasn't, haven't seen it. Uh, he's, he got lucky at middleweight, only fighting Izzy, and I know that's a funny sentence to say, and Sean Strickland, you know, fighting those guys. and fight, I think he fought two strikers, Sean Strickland, and then Izzy twice. All of them are strikers, okay? And the UFC did that on purpose. They fast-tracked the young man. Okay, they put him on the fast track to Izzy because they wanted the buys, they wanted the history, and there you go. Give Alex Pajeda a wrestler, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu wizard, see what happens. Same thing happened to Crone. You got outplayed in the game of MMA because you were too one-dimensional. And uh, it really showed. It was a third-round decision for Jardine. No questions asked there. Uh, the next fight was... Ivalov and Diego Lupus. Lopez? I'm going to go with Lopez. Um, this was another debut for Diego Lopez. He was a, he was, it was his UFC debut. And he was, he, he was going up against a 17-0. Uh, in love? Evil? I don't know. But he was going up against him. And, um, again, you would think this was a last-minute replacement, I believe. And again, you would think the moment would be really big. This is the this was the main card. This was the uh, you know, thir- fourth fight of the uh, second fight of the card. But you know, in the lineup, the fourth one. And you would think it would be too big, but no. Uh, this kid showed so much heart and so much determination and so much grit. And I honestly thought he had a case to win it. Um, crazy back and forth. Crazy pace. Crazy ground game. This kid has... I'm talking more about the, the guy who lost than the guy who won because he just had an incredible desire to win, was throwing ankle locks, was throwing knee... He put this guy in a knee bar that I was like, how the fuck are you not tapping right now? Because it was fully extended. I mean, it was very close to hyperextending, but he was throwing ankle locks. He was throwing, throwing knee bars, chokes, arm bars, all on the ground, and his stand-up was fantastic. You know, it's kind of like the opposite of what I was talking about. Crone, he had everything. He had the complete package. Um, yeah, so the ceiling is super, super high for that guy. I hope he gets back in. Um, fuck, you could put him in the co-main of a fight night. You know, give him a couple fights and get a name recognition there. And he could be co-maining fight nights and then maybe open a pay-per-view up. Or be the last fight on a uh, pay-per-view um, prelim card. You know, be the featured fight on the prelim fight. But he was fantastic. He ended up losing, though, unfortunately. Uh, decision. 
So, but still, ceiling super high. Uh, Jessica Andrade versus Ying Jing, Yi Zhang. Um, in the women's strawweight, uh, it was a TKO KO in the first round, and Jessica Andrade got the absolute lights turned out. Uh, tough one. I mean, this Jessica Andrade does the knocking out. If you've ever seen her, and her OnlyFans, shout out. If you've ever seen her, she is built like a truck. She is jacked. Uh, how she's passing USADA, I have no idea. But she is stacked. And she does the knocking out. You know, that's her thing. How dare you come into her house and do her thing. But she got the lights turned out in the first round by this little Chinese girl who doesn't look like Jessica does. Uh, turned her lights out like that. I, it was uh, Jessica, I believe, was going backwards, and uh, she just it clipped her right on the jaw, chin in the air, boom, hit her right on the button, took her right down. It was crazy. I've never seen that happen to Jessica Andrade. Um, so that girl, Dana White, went back into the locker room and told her that she wants to do her versus Wei Jing Li in China next year. Crazy. The numbies. Oh, the numbies would be insane for the UFC. They get two Chinese female fighters on a pay-per-view in China. Nuts numbies, dude. Um, moving on to the co-main, Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. We kind of touched on it earlier in the beginning of the show. Um, Bilal Muhammad wins a decision over Gilbert Burns. It was kind of back and forth, kind of ticky-tack, but I really saw a Bilal come ahead, um, really push the pace on Gilbert. Uh and, you know, at, towards the end of the, it was five rounds, towards the end, it really wasn't even a contest. Gilbert looked very tired. He Look, he turned around, let's see, he, this fight was May 6th. So it was May 6th, and Gilbert fought April 8th. So 30 days, 30 days after fighting Jorge Masvidal to decision, a three-round decision, in Miami, 30 days, he comes back and fights again on the co-main event um, against Bilal Muhammad. Gilbert's not a small guy. That's a cut. And to stay depleted that long, because you don't want to blow too much up, so you have to have a full crazy weight cut, you're going to, you know, suffer a little bit. You're going to not indulge. You're not going to fully enjoy your off season or your off time before you get back in the gym get a fight and then get going he had 30 days to do from press conference to preparation for a crazy motherfucker in Bilal Muhammad you know you have 30 days to turn right back around and get on the bike again and start cutting and start prepping for an entirely different look because Jorge's really not going to take you down to the ground and, show, and take you to the deep waters, but Bilal Muhammad just might, you know? And Bilal has a crazy pace. Bilal Muhammad has a crazy pace. And, and, and the fact that this fight was five rounds only played into Bilal's hand even better because, like I said, Gilbert just had to cut a shit ton of weight and had to go through the fire to fight Jorge. So for him to turn right around after 30 days and be the co-main event at another pay-per-view across the, oh no, it was East Coast, so still the East Coast, he went to Jersey from Miami, you know, is, is a real brass balls move by Gilbert, and 
you know, it's unfortunate because he was calling for the title shot. And honestly, I think if he had said no to Bilal after Leon and Colby gets done, because that's the fight Dana White says he's making, regardless of what Leon Edwards wants to say. And if he's not careful and quits, you know, disrespecting Dana White and turning down this fight with Colby Covington, they're going to fucking either strip you or they're going to have an interim title and they're going to have Colby fight somebody. Colby's going to fucking starch him and then you're going to have no excuse. Okay, just take the fight in the UK. Colby said he'll come there. He'll dress up like George Washington and do what we did to you people in 1776 all over again. Okay, you can already tell who I'm rooting for on that mashup. I love Leon Edwards, but gotta love me some Colby Covington too. So, you know, hats off to Gilbert. That's tough. And and, and DC even said it too, you know, like, has Gilbert had enough time to recoup from that weight cut and that fight? Has he had enough time in 30 days to jump right back in the fire and start training, 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 training? And then go up against an entirely different fighter who could take you to the deep water, who can stand up with you and bang. Um, Has he had enough time? And I guess Gilbert did injure his shoulder, but uh, that Bilal caused, like, Bilal caused an injury to his shoulder, he really wasn't able to throw his left hand, I don't think, you know, setting up his jab was almost, I mean, setting up his right hand was almost impossible, because his jab was gone, and, but Bilal had, like, a, looked like a broken foot, looked like he had a, a softball on his ankle, so, you know, those boys, um, put it out there, it's five-round fight, but Bilal really, I just took it ahead, you know, took it easily, in my opinion, so, uh, moving on to the main event, Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Um, it was the definition of a chess match. Uh, both these guys have great wrestling background. You know, Henry Cejudo is Triple C. He's Olympic wrestling champion. And Aljo is a crazy wrestler himself. It was very technical. A lot of takedown attempts. A lot of takedown stuffing. Uh, and Henry didn't do enough. To win the fight. That's really what it comes down to. Aljo did exactly what he needed to do to win it. And looked better doing it. I think Henry looked a little gassed. Also wore more damage on his face than than Aljo did. Really not a mark on Aljo. Looked fine. Uh, Henry wore a lot of cuts. And, you know... Who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Triple C was calling out Marab Dwalashvili today. And, you know, I don't know. What are you going to do? You're going to fight Marab Dwalashvili? Uh, you just lost to the guy who holds the belt. So what are they going to do? They're going to give you the number one contender? That doesn't make any sense. If Henry is serious about fighting in that weight class, if Henry is serious about fighting in the Bantam weight class, then he needs to, like, be active. You came in after three years being gone and got the champion. As right. As rightfully so. Sure. You're Henry Cejudo. Marab's not fighting the contender. So, yeah, sure. You get the title shot. Because Sean, you know, we're, we're trying to make the Sean fight with Aljo. So, you lose to the champion. So, now you go and fight number two. No, you need to beat someone else. You need to beat someone else. And then Henry was, like, fake retiring. He took his gloves off. Dana even helped him take his gloves off. And then he said, maybe I go up and wait. Maybe I stay here. I'll talk to Dana. I'm not retiring. Have a good night, guys. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, okay, sure. It was okay because it's the main event and everything's over. And we already had a circus because Sean O'Malley came into the ring and fucking came into the ring, came into the octagon and was wearing a Michael Jackson thriller jacket, which was strange. It was like a replica made right out of the fucking music video. Shows up. And I haven't seen the UFC do this too often, but... 
Sean comes into the octagon, gets in Aljo's face, and is like, you better do better than that. You look like shit. You better do better than that when you fight me because you look like shit. And they're like going back and forth. Somehow, in the midst of all this, Sean first off took his jacket off. Sean takes his jacket off, and in the midst of all this commotion with them yelling at each other and Dana telling security, okay, get him out of here. Narav takes Sean's jacket and puts it on and is running up on top of the cage and like chanting to the ground <laughs> in Sean's jacket. Sean recognizes that he's in his jacket, starts yelling at Marab, and then Joe Rogan's like, well, we got an issue with Marab and Sean, hold on. <laughs> and meanwhile, Henry's just sitting there alone, holding onto the cage with his gloves in his hand. It looks sad as shit. Uh, but it was a good card. It was a good, you know... Tough one to sell to your friends to go out to a bar to watch unless you're a diehard. But it was a good, it was a good card. Very technical card. I enjoyed it because I'm a sick fuck. Um, also enjoyed watching uh, the one championship on uh, Amazon Press the night, Amazon Prime the night before. Um, that Michael Mushi, yes, you guys, just a fucking wizard with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It was insane, man. And then Demetrius Johnson defends his title and, and beats Morales um, in the trilogy fight. Great fight by Demetrius, you know, as you expect, he's the GOAT of that. We have 135, it's insane. Uh, the GOAT probably of all time. Um, definitely on the Mount Rushmore, that's for sure. Um, but it was good, it was a good card. I really enjoyed it. Um, Amazon did a good job putting that on. And uh, uh, Chatri, the CEO of One Championship, was given out. He gave... Uh, Mikey Mushiyeshi, 50K, gave Rod Tang 100K for his Muay Thai fight. Oh, no, was that MMA? I think it was Muay Thai. Yeah, it was a Muay Thai fight, which just fucked that guy up to no end, just destroyed that dude. Um, gave Rod Tang 100K and gave Stamp uh, 50K as well. Demetrius didn't get anything because he didn't knock anybody out, so um, he just wore the dude down. But it was still good. It was a good card. If you know if they put them on Amazon Prime more often, I'll watch them because I'm not watching that shit on YouTube or pay per view. Just I will put on Prime, and you know they need to run it at American time. That'd be nice if you could put it on like mornings because shit. Do you think the UFC takes you into the midnight hours? Uh, I think one championship starts at eleven. You know, it's a grind to be a fan over in America for one championship. But right, let's do a preview of your UFC uh, 289 card. So let's see what the prelims have to offer us. Anything good there? Khalil Roundtree fights Chris Dawkins on the prelims. That's a great fight. Love, love Khalil Roundtree. Love Chris Dawkins. Uh, Chris Curtis fights on the prelims. That's another good one. And da, da 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 that's about it. Other you know prospects in the early prelims and preliminary card. Uh, Eric Anders fights Mark Andre Barut. Good fight. That's a great fight. I love Eric Anders. He's a great fighter. Dan Agee versus Nate Lindenware. Holy shit! That's a good card. That's a good fight. Mike Malott versus Adam Figgett. Charles Oliveira versus Benel Dariush, great card. And Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana to round out the evening. Great card, stacked card. Can't wait to watch that. Uh, that is June 10th. Uh, we'll do hopefully a pre-fight for that one or a recap of that one. But 
great fight. Look forward to it. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. Spread the word about this show as well as the Spirit Podcast. Um, We love making it for you guys. So, you know, throw us a like. Throw us a comment in our DMs on Instagram. Uh, We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next one.